Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is believe. The, the same Holy Spirit that lives inside of me lives inside Caleb, lives inside you. Uh, Jesus said, These signs will accompany those who believe. They will heal the mm. sick, they will cast out evil spirits, they will raise the dead. Nothing will harm them. That, that That's what Jesus said. Jesus said, You will do the same things and greater things than I have done. Uh, Ephesians 3 says, You are able to do above and exceedingly all that you can ask or or think of according to the power that's at work in you. So the only difference between me and any of these other people is that I have um, the expectation that that's going to happen. Welcome to Think Gold Media. I am your host, Ivory Frimpong, and here on the Think Gold podcast, I interview guests who come from all walks of life. We talk about topics ranging from spirituality and the deeper meaning behind life, all the way to topics like dealing with adversity and overcoming failure. Ultimately, my goal is to reach beyond social norms and have conversations with people that you wouldn't normally hear on a daily basis. If I can inspire one person, just one person, to take away something from this episode, then this platform has done its job. If this is your first time tuning in, I welcome you to the Think Gold family, and I urge you to follow us on all social media platforms at Think Gold Media. Without further ado, I hope you enjoy today's episode, and Think Gold. We are back with another episode of Think Gold here, guys. This is actually a um, little switch up here. So we have my partner in crime, Caleb Warren, on the podcast. <laughs> yes, sir. And and Caleb's been talking a big game about this guy named Andrew. He's kind of been like a, a mystic creature. You know, we haven't really been able to... <laughs> we haven't really been able to uh, hear his story quite yet. And the first thing we do is... When we get anybody on the podcast, we get on a quick little Zoom call and we just give, you know, let the open the floor up and allow everybody to have an opportunity to kind of introduce themselves. And Andrew's talking with me and Caleb. And first off, I'm thinking, wow, this is just this would be make for a great podcast, you know, from like a month from now. Like, you know, once I sit down and get some questions ready, like I'm so excited. Like, yeah, I'm going to go back to the drawing board. Let me create something. And and then uh, we're trying to figure out a time to meet and Andrew's talking about, yeah, my kids, you know, so after 7.30 and I'm like, ah, oh, weekends work for me. Then Andrew just goes, hey, uh, what are you guys doing right now? <laughs> and I was like, oh. And he's like, you want to do this right now? And I was like, sure, why not? And Andrew was like, yeah, I have a podcast studio, um, you know, 10 minutes down the road. And then Caleb goes, I'm, I'm, I don't live too far from you. I could go down there and meet you. And so here we are. <laughs> and they're in their podcast studio i'm at home and uh we're just gonna do the podcast now so not yeah. too much uh not too much structure here just flowing conversation so andrew appreciate you taking the time Absolutely. Caleb, appreciate you man caleb give a give a brief intro a little bit about yourself um yeah how, how you landed here yeah so uh back when uh <laughs> Back when I first started the podcast, I started following following him and, and seeing just what you were doing with it. And I was so impressed and excited for you. And I was like, I want to be a part of this. Like, mm. I want to be a part of this mission. This, And so I called you up and I was like, yo, Ivory, I would love to help out. And you're like, bro, let's do it. Um, You know, we've been playing together. We've been playing together at URI for what, like three years at the, that point? Yep. Um, slowly building up a one of probably my best relationships I've 
ever had with somebody so. and uh ever since then you know we've just been working on it uh i'm not really on the the camera kind of guy you know i'm trying to trying to break through that but i'm yeah. um, definitely doing more of the behind the scenes uh finding the right guests and uh just doing whatever i can to to uh help the think gold brand grow i can't say um how thankful i am with you caleb because like everybody needs someone that's in their corner when they're doing something like this right and yeah. like it's tough when you're getting into business and you want to be an entrepreneur and it's like all right like i gotta find people out of nowhere to come help me whereas like i can lean on you and i know the work that you put in how hard you work because me and you man like nobody Hours. outworked us nobody outworked us on the football field no. nobody nobody i mean yeah. Friday nights were running stairs, you know, in in the volleyball arena. Like, no. man, like that's just like there's no trying to figure out like, oh, what's Caleb? You know, is, is he gonna be in my corner? Is he gonna be able to help me out? Like, it's it's just there. So it makes it so much easier. So Caleb, um, pleasure having you here, Andrew. Yeah. Yes, sir. I would love for you to just give a brief intro of kind of where you're at right now. Maybe like your position, you know, quote unquote, like your title. And okay. uh, kind of what's your, I'd say, what you want to be talking about today on this episode? Mm -hmm. Well, my I, I have a couple of titles. I am a husband to a beautiful mm. woman of God, Sasha. I'm a father to two adorable, creative, crazy, manipulative uh, little little rascals, uh, Asher and Levi. Um, I... I have a fancy title for my main job, Operation Life Force Day. They have me as the vice president, which sounds way more important than it is. Um, and then I am a youth pastor um, for a, a lot of, for 25 really fun kids over in uh, Citrus Park. So uh, that would be that. And then I, I like to talk about Jesus. That's like, hmm. there's nothing that they, there's nothing else I would rather talk about than Jesus. So if there's one thing I want to talk about tonight. It's point everything back to him. So hmm. yeah. amen. Um, and I know I would say when we were doing that little intro call, probably 20 minutes ago, you know, you said you like talking about our topic of why don't we see what we're supposed to see in the Bible? Yeah. You know, when it comes to everything that, um, is being quoted in scripture, you know, the miracles that Jesus is, is, is creating, um, people that he's touching and, you know, things like walking on water. Um, and, and I think when we go deeper into that topic later on, it's like, I think that's a lot of reason why people don't, uh, are hesitant to dive into Christianity and religion. Right. And think of it as something that's like mystic. Right. Yeah. And to start this podcast, I said, Andrew is like this mystic figure, <laughs> but then when you get to know you, you're not mystic at all, like it's real life, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, so let's just start off with how'd you get into becoming a youth pastor? Uh, so I, um, you know, become a youth pastor. See, I, I, that's an interesting question. So the first youth group I started, I was 14 years old and I had some friends and they were like, they were like, we, the way you live, the things you talk about, like, you know, like, let's like, let's have a Bible study or something like that. And so, um, I was 14 years old. I hadn't started high school yet. So it was like the summer I just turned 14. So it was the summer before high school started. And so I was like, all right, um, and so I actually bought five dodgeballs. It was like, you know, half of my bank account. I didn't have a bank account, half of, you know, the cash in my wallet. I bought five dodgeballs 
we ended up with like 35 or 40 kids every week coming and we'd play dodgeball for an hour. And then me or my dad would preach. My dad's been, a, has been a pastor for years. And so mm. that was the first youth group I started, I guess it was, uh, I was 14 years old and I, I just, a couple of my friends were like, Hey, let's have a Bible study. And it kind of grew from there. So by the time school hit, we had about 35 or 40 people and, uh, you know, it was a lot of fun. So, uh, since then I, um, until maybe two years ago, I had some kind of position with a church, um, that, that that youth group I started ended up uh, one of the churches when my dad was on staff. They were like, hey, will you like let like can we send all of our youth to you? And so uh, that became the youth group for that church after after that summer. And um, youth group still exists today. And so but but from then until maybe two years ago, I was on staff or uh, um, I was the lead pastor. I started a church. And so um, in Dover, Florida. Yeah. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Dover, Florida. That's 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 where you go to start a church right there. You know, <laughs> fastest growing City. No, I ha- I have a friend who's a pastor in Dover, and he said that the their growth rate and their decline rate based is based on who dies and who has a kid. That's that's how the church wow. grows. Like that gives you an idea of, of Dover. <laughs> so, um, I started a church and then uh took a little sabbatical maybe a year and a half ago, and uh, and the for the last uh, four months I've been on staff now at uh at Citrus Park Ministries wow. as a youth pastor. So that's my think, my ministry background. Yeah, I think um. You said you started a youth group at 14 years old. When I was 14 years old, um, I wasn't starting any groups. <laughs> I was a part of a lot of groups, right, from the bottom up. But I wasn't, I mean, I wasn't leading groups at 14 years old, right? At a, um, like, how did you, I mean, have you always been that, always had that leader's mentality? And does that come from your dad being a pastor? Yeah, uh, I, I since the time I was like, as soon as I could talk, I felt like I was supposed to be in charge of every room I stepped into. So I don't know if that's a leader, leader or pride or arrogance or what that was, but yeah, definitely. Um, that, that's been my, that's been normal for, but yeah, my dad was a pastor and, uh, I, he, he started a ministry called operation light force. And the joke was I was the first unpaid employee because as at five years old, they would, uh, they send out these packets, um, for something called the four day revolution. And we had to fold these boxes and build these packets. Yeah. I'm sure you've heard this story yeah, before, yeah. but little five-year-old me would spend like eight hours a day folding these boxes and filling these packets that we would send out. And so, um, you know, I, mean, I was around ministry. I was around conferences. I was around speaking. Um, you know, people talk about like, you know, I was in church every time the doors were open. I was at like every church that was open regardless mm-hmm. of, you know, so I, I'll be going to, you know, a prayer meeting at this church. We'd have prayer meetings at my house. My dad was on staff at a church, also had Bible studies, you know, so I was, you know, Jesus was like everything. Like that was like every conversation that I had with anyone ever growing up was around. Like, I remember like the things I wanted to do as a kid was like debate my parents, my my friend's parents on like scriptural things to be like, hey, listen, I don't think that, you know, your denomination or whatever. Like that was like from as early as I can remember, most of that was not because of my love for the Lord, more of my arrogance as a little kid. But uh, John, that Johnny's was just... parents invite you over for dinner and you're just like debating with them at the dinner table. Like, yeah, I'm going to lead I... prayer. I'm leading this prayer tonight. <laughs> Definitely like that. Like if I found out anybody that was uh, that I knew whose parents were like youth pastors, like I want to go to your youth group and I want to, you know, talk with your parents and I want to, you know, be involved. So um, you know, my wife says that I know every person in Brandon, but that's just because I went to every church over and over again, you know, growing up. So a lot of youth <laughs> groups, a lot of different places. So, yeah. Got you. Got you. What I, I feel like, I mean, when you talk about, you know, people being great or, you know, um, I think it's an accumulation of the great people around them, right? Absolutely. Um, I'm someone who, you know, I didn't grow up with my father in the household, right? So I leaned a lot on football coaches, a lot of mentors, 
um, what specifically, like what role did your dad play in, in your mindset? Right. And oh, yeah. what great lessons are, are there a couple of lessons that stuck out that he really put in your brain as a young kid? Um, and you know, a lot of the lessons I realize now looking back, you know, at the time I, I missed it, but the man, one of the things that I've, I've experienced a lot is pastors and Christians aren't always available. You know, like when, when you look at the life of Jesus, Jesus would be going a certain direction and someone would be like, Hey, I have a sick servant or I have a sick child. Will you stop going this direction and walk, you know, hun- walk hundreds of miles to come pray for this person? What person do you know, spiritual leader, anyone who would stop what they're doing in a day and come walk, you know, that many miles to go, you know, minister or pray for someone. So when you look at the life of Jesus, he was so available. And that's one of the things that with my dad, looking back, he never like probably to a fault, you know, he was, no, was not in his vocabulary. If someone had a need, uh, financially time, whatever it was, he, he didn't know how to say no. Um, and and even just like time with the father, like my my dad, you know, to this day, he still gets up three or four o'clock in the morning and reads his Bible. And like my dad reads through the Bible multiple times in a year. Um, and you know, he was available for God. He was available for other people. And most of the people that, you know, the testimonies that he can talk about people's lives being changed was, you know, some, his ability to hear from God and minister and that kind of stuff. But a lot of it was, he was available. And so I, I, that lesson that he taught me was just incredible. And, and it goes hand in hand, but just the way he loves, like he is the most gentle, loving, you know, kind man that I've ever met. And you've met him. He is, um, he's available and he cares like he 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 cares for everyone he's ever met wow but, you know speaking of so. being available i mean you were available to jump on the podcast with us so that's got to stem from yeah <laughs> from from pops right there absolutely um, but um no so talking about this church right that your dad started and kind of worked to keep in the family that church is called operation light force yeah so it it's it's uh it is a it is a church like we do have services but it's it's more a a parachurch organization we we work with a bunch of different churches and uh we do conferences um we did uh for a long time we did something called operation uh 40 day revolution which was um challenging youth to pray for revival and fast for revival on their schools um it uh it's been around for about 30 years but yeah that's the i'm vice president of operation light force so yeah so that, when i think of when i think of operation light force i'm gonna cut you off like i think of like an army of planes coming to swarm me yeah yeah right? okay so that's and so it's funny like a, it's very militant where does so, operation light force come from it was originally called this means war and that was the first name you probably never even heard this story uh, and um and uh this the four-day revolution was kind of at the heart at the start of operation life force and so they were like hey we want to come up with assignments to bomb your school that was wait, sorry, be- wait, sorry, sorry wait wait sorry sorry this is 30 one. years ago this is before columbine this is before any of these school shootings or anything's happened so it was you were going to bomb your teachers with encouraging notes if everyone that was a christian wrote encouraging notes you were going to bomb her with love like that was the whole idea. So we were like, wow. everyone's gonna dress in camo, and we're gonna like go and like you know. This means war. We're declaring war on our schools, like in like a spiritual sense, right? Columbine happens, and we're like, we're gonna rebrand. We're gonna we're gonna change some of this. Uh... Andrew, wait, wait, wait. So I was listening. What? Who told me about this today? That we were getting getting dinner yesterday with a Christian couple, and they talked about how like Christianity. I don't know how correct this is, but Christianity. 
like came from kind of like almost hippie culture. The, well, they probably watched the the Jesus Revolution movie. Was that what they yeah, were watching? I think that's what it was. Yeah. And yeah, you just Lonnie talked about, like You talked oh, about um, you know, bombing your teacher with like like love. Like yeah. that reminds me almost of like that hippie kind of mindset, right? Where like everything is love. Like to go to that extreme of like, yeah, yeah we're gonna bomb the school. <laughs> but, like we're gonna bomb it with love, yo. You yeah, know, like that type of. <laughs> my dad is not a hippie, so that was he was he's definitely not capable of doing that. But yeah, same kind of idea. Like you know, we're gonna encourage. Like we have testimonies of like, um, for the Florida revolutions, just people doing the simple things that God calls us to do on like a regular mm. basis. So, um, I'll tell a couple of testimonies real quick. One Please. teacher, uh, had written her resig or a principal had written her resignation letter and said, "God, I'm going to resign and turn this in today unless one student from the whole school says anything close to thank you." Like I've been here for 20 years. No one's ever said, thank you. Uh, I hate my job and everyone hates me. Like I need one person to say something remotely close to thank you. And that was the day that it was thank your teacher day. And so she received like 30 thank you notes um, from wow. students on that day. And so that, that was a cool, a cool uh, a testimony. There was one girl who uh, in, in the city, she was 13 years old, probably the quietest person I ever met. We tried to bring her on to video her and we couldn't get her to look up like super timid, super shy. But they said that she brought revival to her school. And we're like, hey, if someone brought revival, th their FCA, which was Fellowship of Christian uh, Students Athletes, um, had like four people before the 40 days. And they had like almost 100 people afterwards. We're like, yeah, this you know, she's got charisma or something like you know like what was it that she brought and what she did was she's like i just did every assignment no matter what it said to do and so wow. she wrote encouraging notes to teachers and she wrote encouraging notes to the kids who sat by themselves and um she had a testimony where she went to a neighbor it said pray for someone who's sick and so she went to her uh, neighbor's house and was like hi i need to pray for someone who's sick can i pray for you and they're like yeah my my kid is sick um and i need a job and so the, the person shuts the door and she prays behind the shut door, like God heal the baby and help her get a job. She come the she goes back to her house and the neighbor comes over 30 minutes later and says, I just got a call and a job offer and my baby's fever broke. What church do you go to? So this is someone who whose parents aren't a Christian, who has not even like a lot of understanding, doesn't ha they're not like that person, like that super mm -hmm. Christian. They were like, Hey, the Bible says that we're supposed to pray for people, let's do it. Hey, the Bible says we're supposed to bless and encourage people, let's do it. And you know, she, her pastor, their church grew during the 40 days from her doing it. And uh, her pastor on the stage says, I believe in the power of God and the power of prayer because of that 13 year old girl. So it was like w when one person gets the idea, like just like the revelation of our identity in Christ, it's like things start to change. The world gets turned right side up. Hmm. So Operation Light Force, you said it's kind of like an overarching um, yeah. organization, right? Yeah. And so when you talk about like a um, like an actual location of churches, right? Yeah. Did you come to like, all right, like control like one church that was like operated by Operation Life Force? Or like, how did you get into, Andrew, were you a preacher? Or are you a preacher now? Yeah. Uh, yeah on Sundays, pastor, like so. at, at a church? Uh, a youth pastor. So I preach on Wednesday nights. Um, gotcha. Uh, I, I I started a church called Light Force Church and um started that, I don't know, like four or five years ago. No, it was this more than that. Because yeah, yeah, that was because you came. So yeah, I don't remember. It was like it was like six years ago or so. Um, I was and, probably like sixteen. So when I started it, I want to say yeah. that was okay. So we we started a church called Bread of Life, and I was the youth pastor of that That's church. And then I became the pastor, and we we renamed it as Light okay. Church. 
Um, so I preached every Sunday then um, for for a few years, but mostly I've been more preaching with youth pastors. So Operation Life Force, uh, not really control or run uh, churches. Um, sometimes we'll have a pastor reach out and be like, hey, we would like some training. Like we have a lot of people who are hurt and broken. We mm. want you to train our elders on how to pray for them, how to care for them, how to love them. Um, we've had churches, uh, we'll, we'll do conferences. You know, there's a couple of churches who that have us come and do conferences like quarterly. And it'll be like on how to hear God's voice, how to, you know, see the things that Jesus saw and taught his apostles to do. So, um, not necessarily run a church, but, you know, uh, one of the things that I think is that I kind of misunderstood is like, you know, in the body of Christ, everyone has different giftings. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, like the, the, you know, in Corinthians, it says like the hand can't save the foot. I don't need you. Um, you know, the mouth, you know, like how, how can you accomplish anything? Like a body can't accomplish anything on its own, right? If you just have the mouth, if you just have the preacher, you know, you're not going to be a very effective, you know, human being if that's all you had. And so, um, a, a lot of churches, um, we do uh healing and deliverance ministry is one of the big things that we do. And so a lot of different churches go, Hey, we don't have a grid or an understanding. So when somebody, you know, let's say manifest demons during a service, we don't know how to handle that. They send them to us. So it's kind of like the body working together. That's kind of how like the parachurch. Um, and so, and so if, if that, if that happens, I mean, if there's a church that says they need you to, to get rid of demons, to, to handle a certain situation that maybe they're not comfortable doing, or they don't know how to do it. What makes you guys specialize to deal with that? And why can't these other churches deal with it? Uh, I love that question. See, there's nothing at all that makes us specialize there's in it at, at all. all. Nothing at all. See, the I same was waiting way- for you to be like, I got a no. special. No, no. You know. Yeah, I have I have the holy oil from, you know, no, I um. I love that answer. Then I love that answer. The, the same Holy Spirit that lives inside of me lives inside Caleb lives inside you. Uh, Jesus said these signs will accompany those who believe they will heal the mm. sick. They will cast out evil spirits. They will raise the dead. Nothing will harm them. That, that That's what Jesus said. Jesus said you will do the same things and greater things than I have done. Uh, Ephesians three says you are able to do above and exceedingly all that you can ask or, or think of according to the power that's at work in you. So the only difference between me and any of these other people is that I have um, the expectation that that's going to happen. It's not that I'm more equipped or that I have anything that they, that they, that don't have, or that they lack. Um, it's just that, um, it, that we're willing to pray and talk about it. You know, it's interesting. We have, there are churches in the city who actually say like, we don't believe in this stuff. Like they don't believe that Christians can have demons. They don't believe in the demonic or any of the, you know, there, there are pastors in the city who don't believe that hell exists, but they will wow. send people that from their church who come for counseling or something to our ministry. Like, so, wow. um, and that's not just our city. That's, you know, um, we have clients all, all around the world. So, I mean, um, I feel like first I got to drop this. Where can people, Andrew, I don't want to wait till the end. Where can people get connected with you and your yeah. church? Um, operationlightforce.com is our main website. All of our other, uh, websites and all of our other ministries, um, are through there. We have, we have an organization that's a part of Operation Life Force called Freedom Park. And that's where we, we do a lot of ministering with human trafficking victims. Mm. Um, and then we have Life Force University for online equipping and, uh, discipleship, which we, we a lot of churches use to help to disciple some of their leaders and elders and, and staff. So, uh, gotcha. but all of that can be found on Operation Light, L-I-G-H-T force.com thanks andrew absolutely so there's really so much we can talk about here like oh yeah there's so many different topics and i don't want to like end you into a certain topic because i I, I just don't want to 
like what I guess when we just talk about the Bible is a massive book. There's so many teachings. There's so many things that you can get from it. There's so many things that you can learn from it. And there's so many ways to understand and know Christ through the Bible. Um, you know, I guess let's put ourselves in position to maybe someone in our audience, right? You know, Caleb or me's age, uh, Caleb or I's age, me's age. I don't know how you say that. Um, <laughs> you know, college, just getting out of college. And let's just say starting a relationship with with God, starting a relationship with Jesus. Um, you know, what are some steps to take to, to, to start that journey? Such a good question. See, I, I, I find so often that people, okay, so the word disciple, right? Jesus, he, he had his disciples, right? That's a word that, okay, how about this? Quick question. How many times does the word Christian appear in the Bible? It's like, three three you've been around me enough yeah. that you that you know the answer yeah. three I was times say almost zero yeah yeah so so three times they were all called disciples right and that word disciple if you look it up in the greek it means a learner they were like a student and a learner so if you're starting a relationship with jesus you want to be a learner and, and i think a lot of times uh, you, you guys were in college you got you were told how to think a lot oh yeah right Definitely. i think school... one of the most High school, college. I mean, like it, it teaches out like individuality. School teaches out how to, you know, be your own person, how to think for yourself, mm. teaches you what to think, right? Yeah. I think if you can learn how to learn, how to study the Bible, how to form your own beliefs, that will change change the world. Like not two weeks ago, um, I met this kid at Home Depot and he was like, we just started talking. And within 15 minutes, we were talking about healing the sick, casting over spirits um, and all this different stuff. And I was like, who taught you this? And he was like, I don't know. I like went to church and I was like, I was having depression. I didn't know what to do. And my youth pastor was like, well, just read your Bible. So I did that. And I read my Bible two times a year, every year. And he was like, I read my Bible. And I was like, I went to a Baptist church and I was like, we don't do anything that's in the Bible. Like everything I read in this book, like all the things Jesus did, all the things he commanded us to do, we don't do any of them. And I was, and I, and that was like so impactful for me. Cause I was like, this kid is a learner. He didn't let somebody else read the Bible and tell him what to think. He didn't go to school to for someone else to tell him what to believe about the world and you know all that stuff. Now he went to the source and he was like, "I'm going to learn this word. I'm going to meet Jesus. I'm going to learn to hear His voice." Mm-hmm. And and, and th- that's where change happens. Um, you know, I, I, when you let the Bible be the standard, when you let what God said be the standard, instead of going, "My experience doesn't line up with the Word of God, so I have to come up with a theology that makes my experience reality." Uh, when you when you lay down your experience and lay down what you've what you've been through and you go no I want what if God said it's real even if I haven't seen it or experienced it it must be real uh, that's when you start to when, forget miracle signs and wonders that's when you have peace that surpasses understanding mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. like if the church just had peace forget everything else that that is promised in the Word of God if Christians had peace do you know how much the world would be desperate to get into church that's it, so true if every Christian so- walked if every Christian walked around with perfect peace, the kind of peace like when Paul is in prison and he's singing hymns, right? the kind of peace that when Paul says, the Holy Spirit tells me that I need to go to, to Jerusalem where I'm going to be beaten. And everyone's like, you shouldn't do that. He's like, I'm compelled with joy and peace to go. Hmm. If, if Christians had that kind of peace where they're like, why aren't you stressed? Why aren't you anxious? Why aren't you scared? Literally the entire world would be beating down the door of every church to get in and be like, I want that. Hmm. Wow. So Jesus, 
operated miracle signs and wonders and people it, it went all around the world the apostles not apostles disciples everyone saw these miracle signs and wonders and they were like we want that we want to we want to experience that if we just had that peace that paul had hmm. yeah Caleb, that reminds me of something um do you remember when it was i think it was my junior year so your sophomore year and that off season we had like a little discipleship group right right we were um staying in one of the uh the dorm dorm halls and each night we'd gather in the basement and we'd, we'd pray yeah you remember that oh yeah and it was me you javier and keith yeah and i remember andrew like literally like caleb at the time was like our only resource to like to understand god because yeah to be quite frankly, me, Javier, and Keith were probably too lazy at the time to read the Bible. <laughs> so we'd ask Caleb like all these crazy questions. And I was surprised because Caleb had like an answer and an explanation to everything that pointed back to the Bible. And I remember, Caleb, you were talking about, you know, you're talking about all the things that God had, can do. Like you were talking about healing people. You were talking mm -hmm. about casting out demons. And so, and I thank you for that because I got a, I was introduced to that from you. And I think, I think I like when I think about me, Javi, and Keith, though, like we were so, like, we wanted to learn so badly, though. Mm, like, we yeah. had, we had like, there was like a little fire in us to understand yeah. what that was. Right. And so I guess this, I just kind of sum up what you're saying is like the first step is, is being curious, right. And, and yeah. wanting to learn. I think so. Right. Oh, 100%. I, yeah. I think uh, I, I've been in a lot of different churches and I've watched churches dumb down the gospel to keep people comfortable in their seats. Don't say anything that's going to offend anyone. Don't get anyone that's going to leave our church or stop tithing. Like we want to keep it, you know, as, as nobody has a problem with love. Nobody has a problem with peace. We're just going to kind of keep it here, uh, which is all good. It, those are great things. Like, uh, you know, they're, they're, like every message, you know, you know, all that stuff. It's good people who love Jesus. Jesus offended everybody. He, he mm. walked around and was like, I will say controversial things. I will say crazy things and I will do crazy things. Like he healed on the Sabbath, right? You know, he did things that were like, <gasps> the apostles yeah. were like, bro, you can't do this. Like, do you understand? Got on his knees and washed a, a prostitute's feet, right? Uh -huh. Like, yeah, that would be crazy. If... He, he did all these things, but, but you're, that he started like a fire that can't be put out in people right and so i think a lot of times what we see and what we get is not that fire right like i talked about my dad being available and loving like i can't tell you how many testimonies he has just because he stopped what he was doing and he you know canceled a minute like canceled some awesome opportunity to go just love and care on someone like that impacts you and you're like i want what you have that fire gets started you know you talked about how when he started this podcast it, you saw his passion yeah that passion produced passion in you right mm -hmm. I think we don't have enough passion in the body of Christ right now. There's not people who are like, I love to pray. I can't get enough of praying. Like when you, when mm. some of the people I've heard preach on prayer, when they talk about prayer, I'm like, I don't want to do anything else but pray. Mm. When I hear people talk about like the, the history of the Bible or the accuracy of the Bible, I'm like, there's nothing else I want to do but study the Bible. When I see somebody walk in peace, I'm like, I want what that is. And so, yeah, I definitely agree. Mm. Yeah. I definitely yeah, I think that. that's like, that's something like everyone's, aching for right now oh yeah like you see it all over the place like kids especially kids coming out of college i mean they are aching for peace i mean the anxiety numbers are oh yeah through the roof like i didn't i grew up i didn't even know like i, I didn't know anybody with anxiety i didn't know what that was i didn't know what that was till i got to college 
and everybody is like talking about how they're depressed, anxious, whatnot. I'm like, this is the first time I've ever ever hearing about this. Like I never had that problem. Probably probably because I was hanging out with Andrew. That's like, a good shelter. <laughs> kid five days here. out of the week. But no, I think people are kids coming out of college, kids in high school, they are aching for that, eager for that yeah. right now. Bible says, the question. Go ahead, Andrew. I was gonna say the Bible says all of creation it groans with eager anticipation for the sons of God to arise. Mm. The yeah. entire creation is literally desperately craving what we carry but aren't usually letting out right hmm. Hmm. i was gonna say when we talk about depression and anxiety i feel like a lot of times when we're when we feel those two things we want to we want to rely on something right yeah and we'll we'll rely on anything but god right. you know we'll rely on going out and partying we'll rely on drinking we'll rely on smoking whatever that advice is and like you guys said i feel like if we just lean on god and, and we lean on him on during tough times you know it's it makes all it makes all the difference because think about even too i mean today was the first time that i've went to a physical church since moving out here from um from rhode island mm-hmm. you know i had a solid church at university of rhode island and coming here i was like how to go through finding a new church. And, you know, we got some recommendations from some friends and we ended up at Passion City over here in Washington, D.C. Amazing church. And you just, that feeling is just like something you miss. It's like you're at home. Literally, I can't compare it to anything else, but it felt like I was at home. Mm. And you just feel at peace. Like I felt truly at peace and it's and that's the Holy Spirit. So, Andrew, I want to ask you, too, because a lot of people who may not be believers yet or may not know what we're talking about, when we talk about that peace, what does that feel like for you, Andrew? Then I'd ask the same to you, Caleb. What does that peace feel like for you? Oh, such a good question. I think the two things that I want to say about that, one is how we accommodate stress and anxiety in our lives, and and two, about how we have to equip ourselves to walk in peace and how it's different. See, I think most people either feel anxiety or accommodate the feeling of anxiety. They don't walk in wholeness. So Mm. like, for example, let's pretend Caleb is terrifying of flying, right? If he never gets on a plane, he's not going to feel stress and anxiety, but he's not walking in freedom and in wholeness. He's accommodated the stress. He's made an agreement. You know, the Bible says, uh, God not give you a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. So I believe fear is a spirit. Like it's of the enemy. It's not what God has promised, right? There's the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace. Like, the opposite of fear so i think like if you walk by the holy spirit you're going to experience that if you walk by the things of this world you're going to experience fear and anxiety i think more christians that aren't experiencing anxiety it's not because like i said they're walking in wholeness it's because they've accommodated stress and anxiety in so many different areas of their life right like public speaking i'll never go in front of people right you know the 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 failure or rejection i have no friends so nobody can hurt me I'm not stressed mm. of being abandoned. I'm not fearful of being abandoned, but I also won't let anybody in. And so we, I, I see so much, you know, I, we do healing and deliverance. One of the, the first things I work on is telling people like, you you have to stop hiding from yourself and lying to yourself and you have to be real with yourself. Like if you're real with yourself, how much stress and anxiety and fear would you experience if you stopped accommodating Satan and making agreements where it's like, I won't do all these things. Some people it's like, I won't go to a physical church because I get... I'm too afraid, you know, of rejection or of bad theology. So I, mm-hmm. I don't feel stress and anxiety because I'm alone. 
you know, so you, you, so much of depression and anxiety is loneliness and you've separated, right? Why have mm. you separated? Because you are hurt. Well, well, why don't you try again? Because I'm scared. So I don't want to try again. So, so if you want to walk in freedom from that, you have to be willing to not just tackle the fear and stress and anxiety that you do feel and you're aware of. You got to be willing to tackle what you've hidden from and what you've lied to yourself and lied. Um, yeah. Yeah. To yourself about that, that that's there. So yeah. uh, that's like, if you can start doing that, oof, mm. freedom is coming. Mm. And then a second, I don't think that uh, most people um, have a full understanding of how we're body, soul, and spirit. So um, I'm going to say something. Um, so the Bible says over and over and over again, that a lot of illnesses are rooted in, um, in, in sin or in yeah. things that affect our spirit, right? When I say that, people are like, are you saying my sin is what made me sick? No, not at all. The Bible says like there are some. Doctors believe this. The last time you went to the doctor, did he ask you like, hey, have you been under more stress lately? Yeah. The doctor knew that stress caused illness. The doctor was aware that your spirit and the lack of peace in your spirit is affecting your physical body. Did uh -huh. he give you something to care for your spirit? No, he uh -huh. said, here's an antidepressant. Yeah. That's not mm -hmm. taking care of your spirit. So mm -hmm. I think we have to not only not hide and accommodate yeah. the fear and stress and anxiety that we have, we also have to have an understanding of how to care for our spirit and walk in, 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 in emotional and spiritual health. If mm -hmm. we want to, that physical fear of stress and anxiety to go away. Um, I, I think like exercise, diet, all that stuff helps with fear, stress, and anxiety. All yeah. the people who teach all that, like doctors, a lot of people will say like, hey, if you eat healthier and do that, it'll help with your anxiety. I believe that wholeheartedly. We've had people in our ministry who have come for physical healing and they changed their diet and they saw physical healing. So I, I, I'm a firm believer in that. But if you have like agreements that you've made, you know, covenants, vows, and agreements, the Bible says like your words do not return void. Like, you know, death and life is in the power of the tongue, right? So if you've said, I will never trust someone again. Hmm. If you have, if someone hurts you and you said, I'll never forgive them, I'll never trust again. And then you start to be in a situation where you're, you would have to be vulnerable and you feel that anxiety of being vulnerable, man, you're not going to feel peace until you go and forgive that person and break that vow. Until hmm. you until you remove that open door, like you're going to feel that anxiety because that's what happens when you make a covenant vow and agreement. Like that's what the Bible says. That's what, you know, you know, forget the Bible. That's what psychologists teach. It's the power of positive thinking, right? Ooh. That's what psych the world teaches things in the Bible because Christians, you know, I know Christians who quote books that are not Christian books that were written on biblical principles that God tried to tell his, you know, his church 4,000 years ago. So let so, me ask this. Why don't we believe it when it comes to the Bible? Why don't we believe it when it comes to religion? What is it? What is it? Right? Because we can, we can read the, um, you know, the law of attraction books, right? Yeah, yeah. And then we can, we can take that as word like, oh, yes. Oh, let me take that. Let me take that. And then when it comes to religious teachings, why are we, you know, why do you think that is? So uh, I think there's a lot of reasons. So first off, uh, do you speak Hebrew? Do you read Hebrew? Do you understand Hebrew tradition? Right. So yeah. th there are so many things like I could blow your mind right now just on a couple of Hebrew, you know, things that we just don't understand. Like we have no cultural context for and you miss, right? Yeah. When you read the, you know, the law of attraction, right? That was written in English with analogies based on now, like, like it's, it's spoon fed to you now, right? 
Bible was written a long time ago in a much different language. It's translated to English, but how do you apply that and how do you understand cultural context? I think I think you miss a lot of things there. Um that, you know, just the parts of speech study of the Bible is like one of the most interesting thing. And that's parts of speech is like if I say break a leg, what does that mean? Like right now, like, yeah, yeah. What, like what does that mean? Be my best. Right. Know? Okay. Do you know where that part of speech got started? It, it was for people in showbiz trying to get in the cast. Get, get it. it? You're trying to get into the cast <laughs> for a play. Right. That's a part of speech. So when you understand yeah, yeah. the 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 cultural context, you didn't even know the origin of that, but you got it. Right. How many things in the Bible like that where Jesus is, you know, using parables that they're all like, oh, okay. Using right. analogies that they're all like, oh, okay, that we're like, uh that's why I love studying the Bible, being a learner of the Bible, learn all this stuff, because the Bible becomes beyond exciting when you learn that kind of stuff you get chills when you realize and you learn that kind of stuff so i think that's one part another thing is i think we we don't equip people enough in the body of christ mm. we give a lot of information but we don't say hey this is how you apply that mm. so uh it's one thing to be like the bible says you should have peace you know go and be in peace right it's like great i still have anxiety if we teach you and equip you how to walk in, you know, your own authority, right? Like, how about this? If I just said that Jesus said you have authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and overcome all the power of the enemy. Okay. Maybe the next time a panic attack starts to come, instead of being intimidated, you have a little bit more confidence. Okay. You you mm -hmm. start to be equipped in some of those things, um, you know, for, for walking in peace, you know, Ephesians 4 gives a little bit of that. It's like uh, focus on only things that are positive, only things that are tr true. Uh, forgive people, confess your sins. You know, uh, it, it kind of lays out a bit of a formula for walking in peace. But I, I think that there's not enough of um, application of scripture and, and how to apply scripture and stuff like that. Some Christian books that are written, people are like, oh, but it's like adding to the Bible. I'm like, no, it's probably just trying to help you apply the, the principles in the Bible. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So let me ask you, what, is, what does peace feel like for you? Peace feels like, oh, so I sometimes, I get, I do get anxious and I do get stressed. I'm, I'm not a perfect person in any way, but the way I describe peace is the, the situations where I'm waiting on a piece of information I and I get it back. And if it's good, I don't go. So like, for example, if it's like, hey, um, I, I, you know, I'm praying for Caleb's knee or his calf before he goes to his uh, football tryout this Thursday. Right. When I hear that it went good, I don't go, oh, ooh, I don't feel relieved. Hmm. I feel the same because I had peace before and I had peace after. Right. Hmm. You know, if, if I apply for a job and I'm like, I really need this job. If I don't get this job, I won't have enough money and I'll lose my house and all that stuff. Right. So I've lost focus on how God's my provider. Right. You know, God's my provider doesn't mean you don't do anything. I'm not saying that, but God is still on the throne, whether I get that job or not. Mm. Right. Mm. He still has a plan for me and he still loves me whether I get that job or not. So it's not having those relief moments. Gotcha. That, wow. That's, that's what peace looks like. So I, that's how I judge in myself. If I ever find myself going, Ooh, that's yeah. what I'm like. Mm, this is an area that I, I, I need to, I need to check my heart. I need to, to examine why was I, why was I not experiencing that peace that is promised to me? Mm. Caleb, what about you? What is what does peace feel like for you? Um, you know, for me, like the way I think about peace is the Bible says like all things work out together for those who love God. And you know, for me, like on a daily basis, I encounter like 
everything that could go wrong. Like literally earlier this week, I was preparing to go for a workout and messed up my calf. And, you know, just trusting God. Wait, give that... us full context on that. I think it's important. So, NFL okay. draft. You know, yeah, for the NFL draft. <laughs> Tampa Bay Buccaneers. For the NFL draft yeah. for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you know. I'm getting ready to go yeah. for a workout. Um, uh, And, you know, I messed up my calf. And at first I'm like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. Like, I'm, I'm literally over here, like, panicking, like, going crazy. And I somehow, because it's my right foot, right, somehow I'm able to drive home. I don't really know how, but I, I make it home. I hobble into the house and I'm laying there in bed and I'm like, what is going on? Like, God, like every, every right up until this moment, everything that has come to pass, like you've made happen. Like for me to keep walking this journey of making the NFL. And there was just this sense of peace and the sense, like relief in that this is my plan for you. This is my journey for you. Like everything that we're going through, there is a purpose and there's a plan in the end. Everything will turn out good. Like I can look back at every situation that I've gone through that was a, not a good one in my life and good greatness and peace came out of that every time. Like I can't think of one time that I look back and I'm like, oh man, if that hadn't happened, everything would be perfect. No, like everything makes me who I am today. And today, like I have peace that I can't go wrong. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Wow. Amen. That's profound answers, both of y'all. Um, even when I look at Think Gold, right? And in my bio, it says, God created Think Gold. Mm -hmm. And because when I created Think Gold, it was a time when I was building my relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And before then, I only relied on myself, right? And I told I told Caleb, uh, remember that quote we mentioned today? It was like, if you can accomplish your dreams and your goals without God, then your dreams and goals aren't big enough. Mm. And I knew that if I wanted to go to where I want to go as a human being, as a person, if I wanted to grow, you know, mentally, spiritually, um, that I have to be with God throughout the whole entire process. And everything that I do has to involve God, you know, even think old. And, you know, I think about what you said of like, everything is almost predestined. Like God has a plan for you. I mean, I went from scoring a game winning touchdown in my state championship game to being on the bench for three years in a row. And football was my whole identity. It's all I knew. It's like, most thing I cared about the most, you know, and I got humbled, you know, and it led me to create something like think old. And I just think about that. It's like, man, God will, will, will take you backwards to go 10 steps forward. And it's evident with, you know, you're going through it right now. It's just amazing. You can see it while you're in the process. I think that's like a next level yeah. thing, right? Yeah, that, definitely. definitely. That's, 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 that's God all over you right there. Mm. Um, but no, yeah. So they just, I think everything is, everything is predestined like this conversation that we're having right now and the way we just went about recording this. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. So Caleb was kind of telling me that, so like think gold is like for the Olympic athletes who train for four years for, you know, a 10 second run, a one high jump, you know, all that kind of stuff and how you have to have that 
mentality and you got to stay like focused, right? Yeah, that's no, of, exactly. That's kind of the... Exactly. So Olympus comes every four years. You only have one opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, okay, like how does an everyday person apply that? Is like, we only have one opportunity at life, right? And so, you know, given the preparation, there's multiple ways to look at it, but it's the preparation, right? It's how you approach everything that you do leading up to the Olympics because you only have one opportunity. And then also it's, there's another side of it that's kind of contradicting. It's like, it's also not about the gold medal at all. It's about the journey. It's about the process, right? You have to love the journey for sure. Gotta love the journey. Cause if you just set yourself up and you, you set up your whole life, like only meaning is the gold medal. Yeah. You're going to be disappointed when you have it. Mm-hmm. And um, I was watching a documentary called the weight of gold the other day. And I did a, I did a podcast about it. And it was about how these Olympic athletes and how they deal with depression, how they mm-hmm. deal with, you know, suicidal thoughts, because when they get there and even the guys who do win the gold medal, they don't know what to do with themselves, right? Like their whole worth complex and self-identity is just like, what do I do next? Do I want to do this again? And it was, it was a crazy documentary it's called the weight of gold. Michael Phelps is the, um, the director of it, but there's so many different like facets to, to look at think gold, but ultimately it's, and, you know, I think if I could sum it up, it's like, you have one life, one opportunity strive for the best possible outcome, but remember that it's about the journey to get there. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, kind of a long-winded answer there. Yeah. So when he kind of explained that to me, the first thing that came to mind was there's this guy whose name was William Seymour. Have you ever heard that name before? No, I have not. He was a pastor like over a hundred years ago. Um, and he read in scripture and he was like, Hey, the Bible says we should pray in tongues. I don't know anyone who prays in tongues, mm. but I want to see that. And I, it talks about the Holy spirit and gifts and signs and wonders. And I don't know anyone who sees that, but I want to see that. And for the next three years, he traveled, lived sleeping on couches, preaching everywhere he had an opportunity and praying and fasting. Cause he was like, you know, the Holy spirit came in the upper room when they prayed and fasted for 10 days. So he prayed and fasted and preached a message on something he had never seen and never experienced for three years. When I talked about how you have to take scripture at scripture and not say my experience doesn't match that. Do you know how hard it is when you've never seen something that's faith right there. Mm-hmm. Whenever I talk about faith, I say uh, faith, the, the greatest person of faith in the Bible, in my opinion, is Noah. The dude had never seen rain. <laughs> that's the, true. <laughs> the dude built the boat for a hundred years because God said, there's going to be this thing called rain coming. Do you know how much faith it takes to for 100 years to do the same thing every day and not seeing it? Crazy. That, that's there's a reason everyone said he was insane like people read the bible and they're like those people don't have faith they said he was insane now i would be those people yeah. nowadays <laughs> if someone did something for 99 years i'd be like bro give up don't you realize you're crazy and you're insane at the core faith is agreeing with god mm-hmm. if god said something you agree with it that's that's the basis of what faith is mm-hmm. and faith is not measured in a one time it's not like a pass fail it's measured over time 
So, so he applied faith for a hundred years, right? If he gave up after 99 years, I don't know what happens. I don't know. God's like, ah, oh, shoot. Now, now what do we do? Right. And there's nobody right. left on, on earth. I don't know what happens. Right. But he doesn't, he doesn't give up for a hundred years. So this guy, William Seymour, a hundred years ago, he preaches the same message. He prays and fasts over and over and over again. I, I, I've read different conflicting things, but some of it said that he fasted more than he ate during those three years. You know, so like there were more days that he fasted than he ate. Uh, there, there was one thing that said that he ate like two or three times a month. Like he literally fasted like just at all times. He was just, you know, consumed with, I want revival. I want the Holy Spirit. I want what God promised that nobody has seen. And so uh, after they, they, he was, uh, they were having a meeting at some lady's house and they're praying, right? And uh, she starts praying in tongues, Right. Not him. Some lady starts praying in tongues, right? At that point, that's when I'm like, all right, God, you hate me. Like, what on earth? Like, I've given my life for this. And, you know, he he preached the exact same message wherever he went. He read every passage on tongues, and he was like, I don't see understand why we don't see this gift. It's very clear in Scripture. And then said, let's pray and fast for it. So he, he prays, and over the next 24 hours, they don't stop the meeting. Uh, everyone else in the room except for him starts praying in tongues. There's like... 10 or 11 people in the room, right? The dude doesn't stop. He doesn't give up. He doesn't curse God and die. You know, he keeps praying and fasting. That meeting that they started uh, went on for years. They shut down prisons. They shut down hospitals in the area because there were no more sick. Wow. They, uh, he, he, he eventually got filled with the Holy Spirit. He started praying in tongues. Um, it's called the Azusa Revival. Uh, you you can look it up now. Almost every move of God that has happened in the United States for the past hundred years can trace its roots back to a degree to the Azusa revival. What do you mean when you say move of God? Uh, like, uh, so you have like uh, the Asbury revival. Um, you got the Jesus movement, like all these different revivals. Times where like the church went from kind of spiritually dead to like, Let's see miracle signs and wonders, thousands added daily. Like, you know, Book of Acts, where it's like the Holy Spirit falls and it says thousands were added daily. That's revival, yeah. right? The Holy Spirit came alive, the church exploded. And so almost all of the, you know, you you've got the Toronto revival, like almost every revival, if you trace it back, you can find a connection because of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, because one dude for three years prayed and fasted to see something that he had never seen before because he said, wow. my Bible says it. So I believe it. Wow. Wow. I, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine like that's what would happen if the church, if the whole body, if Jesus turned the world right side up with like 12 little children, what would happen if all of the Christians were like, yeah, let's actually apply what the Bible says and do that daily. Mm. What if we were available what if we loved people? What if we read our Bible? What if we were consumed with reading our Bible? Yeah, hmm. I think I think we would have a move of God that would never stop. Yeah. Um, I think I think I'd be remiss to not talk about this before we end the podcast. But like, when we talk about Jesus and God, right? And he said a lot of churches don't want to deal with the demonic. They don't want to talk about the negative energy, right? When we look at, you know the world that we live in today, right? And in society, modern world society. Like, I just want to ask you the question of what does the opposition look like? What does the enemy look like? And 
I guess I could ask a follow-up question or like, how do you equip yourself to deal with that? Ooh, I like the equip, equip yourself to deal with that question. Um, what does the enemy look like today? The enemy came to steal, kill and destroy. Jesus came to give life and give it more abundantly. Um, you know, you go back to Adam and Eve, right? Satan tempted them in the, the curse, the fall, all that stuff that Satan, his kingdom is darkness. If you don't experience, like if you feel fear, if you feel anxiety, you know, um, it's not of God. Um, when we have people come in, uh, for, for counseling and for deliverance, um, there, there isn't like a one standard, you know, this is the route for everybody. You know, this is how the enemy came in. Um, I had a, a lady who, uh, was trafficked by her parents, you know, oh, no like you, that's not most people's story, but yeah. you can imagine the type of torment this person goes through on an emotional, physical, forget spiritual, just emotional and physical, uh, a basis. Um, we have people who come who have been tormented with nightmares and night terror since they watched horror movies. You know, we have people who, um, you know, they make agreements. Like I said, like I'll never trust anyone. You know, the enemy wants to distance you from God. He wants to distance you from people. Right. So depression is a scheme of the enemy, right? Don't talk to people, be alone. Don't be vulnerable. Don't be real. All the things of the kingdom of God. So at his core, it's, he wants to distance you from God. He wants to distance you from others. He wants to make you, um, I, I think one of the things also is he wants, he wants to make God seem less powerful. Like, I think there are Christians who don't hear God's voice and are taught and have theology that God doesn't speak. I think that's a scheme of the enemy because if you can hear God's voice, that changes everything, right? Mm. Like, you know, the Bible says like, blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. If you can't receive the comfort of God, if you can't hear his voice and receive his comfort, then there are a lot of Christians who mourn and miss the blessing of him comforting you, you know? Yeah. So uh, I think that there are so many different schemes of the enemy, but um, I guess the, my, my biggest thing was look at your life and say, what fruit of the spirit do I not experience? And then go, why did, what caused that? Why am I not experiencing that? And become obsessed with figuring out why don't I have peace? Why don't I have patience? Why don't I have kindness, goodness, love? What is it? And, uh, there, there's an, there's some scheme of the enemy there to take that away. And so when you talked about equipping, man, th at the core of operation light force, you know, um, uh, our, uh, our vision statement tagline, you know, whatever, I don't remember what it's called. Is, that name uh, is so awesome. Operation Life Force. I just keep thinking about that teacher getting bombed with compliments <laughs> like that. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. So our, uh, our, our tagline is equipping people to act, think, and be like Christ. Like at the core, we're like, we want you to live like Christ, think like Christ, be like Christ, you know, not just like, be a Christian and try hard and, you know, I'm going to pray enough and read my Bible enough. No, we want you to like be like Christ. Like, you know, uh, you know, the whole, like be a human being, not a human doing kind of thing. Like, don't just do what Christians do. Be like Christ. Let that, you know, consume you. So uh, mm -hmm. equipping people, uh, that is, you know, that is what we do as a ministry operation life force. We, we equip people to hear God's voice because if you can hear his voice, he, he, it's a lot easier to, to combat the schemes and the lies of the enemy. Um, equipping people in, in their authority, right? You know, the Bible is written in very powerful language. Um, you know, the Bible never says try. Mm, that's true. What does it say? To, to... <laughs> the, the, the Great Commission is go make disciples, not try, give it your best, you know, mm. whatever. So 
I think uh, when you start to understand your authority and it's like, I'm doomed to succeed. Like if I'm walking with Christ and I'm doing what he's called me to do, I'm doomed to succeed. Like I'm a powerful person. He was in me is greater. Like if you, uh, okay. Have you ever, what's something that you, you tried to do um, and you never thought you would ever accomplish it. But once you did, it's now like easy. Uh, play division one football. Play, okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay. All right. That's <laughs> nobody else can relate to that. You know, um, I, I, for me, I'd say, I'd say podcasting. Okay. Yeah. It was yeah. intimidating before you started your first podcast, right? It yeah. was a new area. Now you feel confident in it, right? Yeah. Yep. So I, I, I think when it comes, um, that there's, that's a, that's a big thing for a lot of believers is that they don't have that confidence. They've never walked in freedom. They've never seen deliverance. They've never heard God's voice, applied it and seen, you know, breakthrough and that kind of stuff. So you have, um, there's that disconnect, that nervous. I've never done that. I've never been there. I have a much different expectation. I'm like, if the enemy attacks me, if I feel stressed, it, you know, if I feel a temptation, if I feel something, I'm like, Ooh, something has been revealed. That's going to be eliminated from my life. Like, 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 like if I, if I get anxious, I'm like, ah, I'm never going to be anxious about this again, because I know that if I apply what scripture has taught me, because I've been equipped long enough. And if I listen to God's voice, I'll find the root, I'll pull it out and it will go away. If you mm. have, you know, bad root, bad fruit, good mm. root, good fruit, right? You know, that's the whole vine in John 15. That's like what most of what Jesus teaches. Um, So when I experience those things, I feel equipped enough that I, I, I feel excited that it will be gone from my life. So, um, yeah, equipping, become obsessed with being equipped to handle. There's lots of different tools for healing and deliverance and walking in freedom. There's not like, you know, Jesus is the, is, you know, he's the, he's everything and hearing God's voice, I think is probably the most important, but in combating all the different schemes, of the enemy, there's, there's lots of different stuff. So. Gotcha. You. How do you deal with, um, how do you deal with other humans, other people, right? Who, who don't share the same beliefs as you. And like, I guess, how do you navigate that and still build meaningful connections with people who don't believe in the same thing as you do? Yeah. So, um, you're talking Christians or non-Christians. I think it's easier with non-Christians a lot of times than it is with Christians. That's um, true. Cause when you meet another Christian and you start debating things, it's like, like it turns into this massive debate. Yeah, I see. So. I, I'm okay if Caleb believes something different than me. Like it doesn't. I don't feel less secure in who I am or, or myself. So like, uh, as long as you believe in Jesus, right? Like He's the way, the truth, and the life. There's nothing else. A lot of the other stuff, as long as I don't feel like you're sending people to hell based on the belief, I'm pretty. I'm pretty good with what you believe, right? If someone doesn't believe in healing, I'm like, I'm. I'm. Like, if anything, maybe a little sad. But there's no like I it's easy for me to disagree agreeably with people um, mm. uh, with Christians um, with non-Christians. Um, it's easier. Like, like they don't usually get as mad or offended or hurt or like they don't yell at me or necessarily as much. Um, but I, I probably care more because I'm like, if you don't have Jesus, I want you to have Jesus. Mm. Like I, I want you to experience this peace. I want you to do that. So um, I have found prayer is absolutely a game-changing thing um when i was in high school I, I wrote down five friends that i had um i was like these are five people who i love and i care about who don't believe in jesus yeah i was like i'm gonna pray and i put them one of them was in my car like on my like uh just like where they put the little oil tag because i'm like i'm gonna see that every day i'm gonna pray every time in my car one of them was in my little notebook uh it was my like page holder or whatever that's called 
Um, and I was like, I'm going to pray for these people every day. And uh, I prayed some pretty aggressive and crazy prayers like God, like uh, one of them I prayed. Um, I was like, God, give me dreams or speak something to me for this kid. And this kid uh, at, at the time of this prayer, I've been praying for this kid for like almost two years. He was playing college soccer and he was selling drugs and running away from God and everything. And I had a dream and I was, and so I, I drove out to his college. I was like, bro, listen, I've been praying for you. You know, I pray for you. We have these talks, but I had this dream. And in this dream, you go to sell drugs tomorrow. You get caught, you get arrested, you lose your scholarship, you get kicked out of your school. Um, and so I'm here to warn you that, that, that you're not supposed to do that. And you're supposed to come back to God. Right. And he's like, I'm sorry. Oh. I'd be like, bro, bro. Are you my friend? Like what's yeah. going on? <laughs> you had a dream. Yeah. Okay. Andrew. Right. So, um, the next day he sold cops, uh, sold, uh, drugs to an undercover cop, lost his scholarship, got kicked out of school. Right. And I'm like, this is going to be an awesome opportunity. He's going to turn back to God. And he was like, bro, I'm so mad at you. I'm like, what are you mad at me about? Like, are you kidding me? I've been praying for you for like four years. Like, like this is supposed to be like, I'm expecting that, you know, to be this awesome opportunity. And so, you know, he, he came back to God for a little bit. Uh, you know, I don't know where he's at right now, but everyone on that list, four of the people on that list who didn't follow God ended up going to Bible college. Three of them are pastors right now. Wow. So, uh, he's the one, one of the, he's like the, 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 the farthest from God yeah, probably, yeah. but he, he eventually, you know, sort of, he, he prayed, you know, I don't know where he's at right now, but, um, yeah, one of them works for an international Christian women's ministry. Um, mm. so like they're, that's the, one of the ones that isn't a pastor. So, so I believe really strongly in prayer and like the kind of prayer, like, no, like I'll pray for a hundred years, the same thing and, no. and not grow weary. And I pray God, wake them up in their sleep type prayers, like send people off the street to, to, you know, prophesy over them, you know? Mm. So Amen. Amen. I got a lot of, I got a lot of fun stories like that. Amen. Yeah. Andrew, so Andrew, has, Andrew has like the most stories out of Andrew's like an old man when it comes to stories. Like he's only, you're what? 30. Almost. Actually, Almost ne 30 next month. Okay. This man has like the stories of like an 80 year old man. Like he has <laughs> that wisdom. right there. Yeah. That's wisdom. Yeah. It's going to say, Andrew, like, I, grew so up, you... I grew up with Andrew my man was always telling stories like we, we'd be in the middle of basketball practice. He'd be like, stop. <laughs> story time. I got, I got the basketball. Yeah. <laughs> so my stories are from basketball. I prayed for a kid. I had been one of the kids that I coached. Were you there? That I don't know if With you were there. Grant. Yeah. 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 Grant Sims. Yes. And so he, he didn't believe in healing. He didn't believe in any of that stuff. And so we, you know, we, me and him talk back and forth. And so he like, he falls, he's screaming, says he broke his leg, whatever. Were you there that day? Yeah, he popped, like his ankle popped. Oh. I was on the other oh. side of the court and oh. I heard it. Yeah. Like it was bad. So he's like screaming in pain on the ground. We go over, we start praying for him. I'm like, whole team, I'm like, hey guys, we're all going to pray. And he's like, he's like, no, it's still hurt. I'm like, well, try to stand up. He's like, no, you don't understand. And he just stops. And he just walk. he walks away crying. Yeah. And uh, he posts. Hey, I feel like you people. told me this story. Yeah, definitely. This, this was like my one. My one experience of like seeing somebody healed right then and there. Yeah, I've heard this exact yeah. story from Caleb. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it was so, with Andrew. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. <laughs> so that's the thing. Like that changed your life more than anything I ever said, I'm sure. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like sure. everything I said was words. When you see it in action, ooh, it becomes alive and you get excited for that yeah. next opportunity. So hmm. and I have prayed for literally probably a thousand people who weren't healed. So it's not like I, I have hmm. some key and everyone I pray for gets healed, but I've 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 prayed for a lot of people, so I mm. I you know those old those old man stories. That's just from a lot of a lot of trial and error. So, <laughs> mm. yeah.
So Andrew talked a lot about God, religion, faith. What are you doing now? You know, in terms of, you know, you're about to turn 30. Well, I guess what are some, you know, what are some goals that you're setting for yourself moving forward? And, you know, what's just your mindset now, you know, right now just bought a fixer upper of a house. So pretty much all I do is search home Depot to buy stuff and, and uh, Facebook marketplace to find stuff cheap. So that's been, I want to move into my house. I'm currently living in my parents, like duplex side. So I'm, I'm trying to, we, me and my wife sold our, our first house. So we're, uh, that's, that's pretty much what I've been consumed with recently. Um, but man, I, when I was younger, I wanted to be like, I wanted to write books. I wanted to become, I wanted to be known as a good Christian. Hmm. I wanted like identity in Christianity. Now I'm like, I want to like, I want anyone that I impact to be like, I don't even know his name. I don't know. Like, I don't have social media. Like, I don't want to be, I don't want to be known. I don't Mm. know. Like I want to be, Paul talked about how he's like, I want to put myself down so much that when I live my life, everyone goes, if God can use that horrible human being, what could he do through me? Like, I want to be more like that than I, when I was younger, I was not like that. My whole identity was in being a good Christian. I was like, I, I got like my fix by knowing more than other people, by praying more, by even like seeing miracle signs and wonders. I was like, I wanted to pray for, so I could share the testimony. Hmm. So my goals are a lot less big and bold now. They're more like, I got 25 youth and I'm like, I don't want to, I'm happy with that. Like, I, I'm happy to just be a youth pastor here and hang out with these kids and disciple these kids. And I'm I'm thrilled to just do that. Like if Jesus had 12 and I have 25, that means God thinks he 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 he's giving me twice as much as he gave Jesus. That's a pretty big responsibility. So I, uh, mm. you know, honestly, all I like to do is spend time with my kids too. Like I literally get off work and I'm like, I put my phone down. I don't play video games anymore. I just want to play with my kids. They're absolutely adorable. And yeah. how old are your kids? Four and two, and they are my best friends Four in the entire two. world. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, awesome. They're hilarious. They are. They are some some goofy kids. So that. Just about wraps up the podcast. Caleb, did you have any questions that you wanted to ask this mystical creature? This mystical creature. You know, I mean, I know Andrew my entire life. So, I mean, I know so much. Um, I've known Caleb since he was the pudgy little brother. Yeah. (laughs) I see, Um, I see some of those pictures, Andrew. He was, he was, right? Um, can can all like the 40 day revolution the 21 can all that be found all those books your dad wrote yeah these are all my dad has written okay so i'll I'll show his my favorite book of his my two favorite books so <clears throat> we have the 40 day revolution do you guys have a lot of college age listeners yeah i'd say majority of uh, well, we, listeners are college age we have a college edition for the 40 day revolution on taking your campus back for christ that's pretty powerful um if if all this stuff is new to you and you're like i i believe in jesus i'm baptist this is a book my dad wrote called the Jesus training manual. And it was his journey from being a Baptist youth pastor to seeing the things Jesus saw. That's a pretty cool book. Um, my favorite two things, my dad, our ministry, but most it was my dad made this thing called the God speaks Bible. He highlighted every place God speaks in the Bible, different colors for the different ways that he speaks. As wow. you can, I don't know if it's going to come That's through. Amazing. Very good right there. But uh, as you can see, the whole Bible is God speaking, right? But purple is first person God speaking to someone. And God speaks to kings. He speaks to prophets. He speaks to men. He speaks to women. He speaks to unnamed servants. He speaks to, um, you know, a donkey, a fish. He speaks to the ground, the dirt, the air, you know, so he speaks the whole, the whole thing. And so, um, 
that and uh, this is learn how to hear God's voice. Um, uh, it, it goes to the book of Acts and it teaches different ways that God speaks and how to hear God's voice. You know, like God speaks through scripture, but getting familiar with his voice and, and able to hear it even outside of scripture. Um, not that God would ever speak or add anything to scripture, but like, but like in those moments, just like I'm feeling really anxious and God be like, peace, be still just being able to connect with his spirit and hear him. And so, um, this is my favorite resource that mm. I think every Christian in the entire world should read this. And that's not to make us a, like, I would give it to every Christian if they would go through it. Like, um, just because it's all on Amazon, Andrew. Uh, I don't know. They're yeah, they're all available on Amazon or on our website. Operation you can buy it from Amazon. It's direct. Then so I, I want I want to link the uh, first. Of all, I want to buy some of these, but I want to put the links in the, yeah. in the bio for this podcast. I think that'd be really good because you know people are a little lazy these days. <laughs> so quick, yeah. easy, no excuses. Click on the link. Sounds um, good. But no, so Andrew, I end every podcast with a little section I call the deep end. Right. Mm-hmm. Just a couple fill in the blank questions here. Right. Okay. Ready? Yeah. My greatest joy is. I'm supposed to say God and the you know Jesus, but I, I, my first thing popped my head is my kids. So mm. yeah. that's my okay. The world needs Jesus. That one's yeah. Jesus. I the, uh, the, the no. The, what the world needs is the, is the body of Christ to come alive with the Jesus inside of them for every Christian. For all of creation waiting for the sons of God to arise. For sons of God to arise. That's what that's what the world needs. Mm-hmm. Our greatest battle is. Man, I would probably just say ourselves. Mm. Beating ourselves up, getting in our own way. Like it's not Most... the Bible says that God's arms are not too short or his ears too dull. So it's not God's inability to to reach us where we are. Hmm. I am someone that thinks gold because I don't know. <laughs> I am someone who thinks gold because meaning like the thinking ahead, how I can improve. Just whatever comes to mind. And I don't know. Thinks gold. First thing that came to mind was like invest in gold, but I'm like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't do that. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're I think you're someone that thinks gold because I think you're you're striving to become the best follower of Christ that you can be and lead as many people with you. Absolutely. So I think that's that's one of the reasons you're thinking gold. Okay. Yeah. Well, that sums up the podcast, guys. Andrew, Caleb, appreciate you guys joining. It was an absolute pleasure pleasure. And I think, you know, I'm gonna definitely listen to this back like five times in a row because there's so many nuggets. Sometimes I don't pick up while interviewing somebody, but this was hands down one of the best podcasts I've ever recorded. So mm. thank you. Thank Absolutely. You. I'm glad to be here. Do you mind if I just pray for our listeners? Of course. To close us out. Let's do it. So Father God, I thank you. I thank you that you are alive and active, that you are real and that you are with us, God. I thank you that no matter when people listen to this or wherever they are, you are able to encounter them. You are able to speak to them. They are able to to hear your voice, God. So I pray that everyone who hears uh, my voice and hears this podcast does not experience what I have to bring, but experiences Jehovah, God, that you will speak to everyone, that they will encounter you, God. People who have run away from you, God, I pray that they would be conviction, God. People who are who have run after your whole life, God, that their eyes would be open, that they wouldn't even trust anything that I say, 
but they would go and examine scripture, God. They wouldn't go and try to defend what they have believed. They wouldn't ask other people what they would believe. They'd go, no, I'm going to be obsessed with reading this word to know what your word says, Father God. I pray for that everyone who is struggling with anxiety, fear, and depression, God, that they would have hope, hope that you are alive, hope that you are with them, hope that you live inside of them. Hope for peace, God. God, I do just pray that everyone that that hears this prayer, God, would experience your supernatural peace. Even if it's just for a moment that they would experience it and they would become obsessed with experiencing it more until it's the only thing that they know, God. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, Caleb. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.